0: Hare Krishna. So today is the second day of our seminar. So yesterday we discussed about Krishna went to Mathura, killed Kamsa, made Ugrasen the king, and when Ugrasen actually requested Krishna to become the king, Krishna explained why he couldn't become a king. Because there was a curse from Jajati, one of their ancestors, that the Jadu line, Jadu line means the, the line of one of the sons of Jajati, the eldest son of Jajati, Jadu, his line was cursed jadu was cursed that his line would not become the kings that's why krishna didn't become the king of course krishna is the king of kings <laughs> so <clears throat> so then basudev uh, krishna's father and mother they arranged for krishna's upanayan Upanayan ceremony is the ceremony for initiation. Second birth takes place through this Upanayan. Through this process, Upanayan means bringing close to the personality, bringing to the guru. The one approaches the guru and is accepted by the guru, by the spiritual master, and. Bosudev considered that my son is a kshatriya, but he was brought up in Vrindavan and his Upanayana didn't take place. Usually Upanayana takes place at the age of seven or eight. Now he's already fifteen and he didn't so he said, let's have let's arrange his their Upanayan, Krishna and Balarams. And Then Krishna and Balaram decided to go to, or rather we can say decided to come here, to Avanti, to the ashram of Sandipani Muni to study. Sandipani Muni was in Benares before. Sandipani Muni was actually a devotee of Lord Shiva. The question here arises, why Krishna selected uh, a devotee of Lord Shiva to become his Guru? The reason has been given is that because if it was a devotee of Krishna, he would never accept (laughs) Krishna to (laughs) become his disciple. So, and Sandipani Muni was in Benares uh, which is a place of Lord Shiva and Sandipani Muni was actually born as a, as, in a way kind of empowered um, incarnation. He, is, he was the son of um, Purnamasi. Purnamasi is Yogamaya. He um, is Jogamaya's son and Brahmanadeva, the father. And then they left Varanasi, Kashi, Sandhibani Muni came with his wife and one son here to Ujjain. And actually the original name of this place is Avanti. In the scriptures this place has been identified as Avanti Nagari. Avanti. And this place is famous for various reasons uh, in Krishna's pastimes. One is, this is the place of Sandipani Muni's ashram. And also, this is the place uh, where one of Krishna's principal wives, Mitrabinda, um, was born. Uh, she was the daughter of the king here she was the princess of the king of avanti and yeah krishna came here to marry her also so anyway <clears throat> right after that krishna right after the upanayan krishna decided to come to uh, House and the ashram of Santipani Muni. Oh, yeah, as I was saying, Santipani Muni came to Avanti, which is also a place of Lord Shiva. It is uh, one of the twelve Jyotirlingas. Lord Shiva has uh, twelve Jyotirlingas manifest in the universe, and this is one of the Jyotirlingas Mahakaleshwar. And Sandipani Muni's mother, Purnamasi, went to Vrindavan. She decided to retire in Vrindavan. She considered, well, I have become old, so I will go to Vrindavan. But the actual purpose, as we know, was she knew that Krishna is going to come to Vrindavan and she wanted to be a part of Krishna's pastimes because she is Jyabha Maya. And Sandipani Muni sent his son, one of his sons and daughter also with her to take care of her. And this son is Madhu Mangal uh, and daughter is Nandi Mukhi. Madhu Mangal was uh, a friend of Krishna and Mukhi was a friend of Radharani. So, <clears throat> so Sandipa, Krishna decided to come to Sandipani Muni's ashram and he came. Actually initially Devaki was reluctant to let him go, he said, no, 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 you Just I just got you back and after so many years of separation I got you back and now you want to go, go away to your Guru's ashram, again we won't be able to see you. So Krishna assured, look, uh, I need to study, otherwise I will be hmm, illiterate. <laughs> so <laughs> it is uh, customary that I study, go to the Guru's ashram and properly study different subjects. So with that pretext, Krishna came to Muni's ashram uh, and Krishna studied here for 64 days. He stayed here for 64 days. And in those 64 days Krishna actually mastered 64 arts. Every single subject, every single subject was uh, studied and he mastered them. Seeing his brilliance, seeing their brilliance, Sandipani Muni was He was awestruck. He said, I have never seen anyone. Such memory, such scholarship. So Sandipani Muni decided to find out who these persons are, who these two boys are. And in his meditation, he searched for him all over the places. And where did did he finally find them? he found them in vaikuntha <laughs> and he found that these are the the two mm, expansions i mean that's how he saw it narayana's expansions mm. so in a way that is true also because krishna balaram can be also seen as jugavatar and uh, expansions of narayan But originally, Krishna and Balaram, Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is not an expansion of Narayan, but Narayan is an expansion of Him. And, (coughs) anyway. (coughs) (coughs) So that is how Sandipani Muni. Sandnipani Muni got to know who Krishna and Balaram were. So then they completed their studies and they were about to leave. So Krishna proposed that I have studied, so the study will not be complete unless I give you Dakshina. And So, what can I give you as Dakshina? So, Sandipani Muni's response was that my greatest achievement was to get you as my students. And by getting you as my students, I have achieved everything. And I don't really need anything. But anyway, let me go and ask my wife if she wants something from you as Dakshina. So when Sandipani Muni went and told his wife, his wife was that these two boys are going to leave, she was completely heartbroken. She told him that look, by getting these two boys, I forgot the the agony of losing my son. It is the okay. just let it be just sit down just set it up and sit down the thik Hare Krishna. Yeah, now you go and sit down there. You don't have to fiddle around there. Just sit down. So, So, she was, uh, actually Sandipani Muni had a son, when the boy was 16 years old, he got drowned in the ocean. And naturally, the mother was very heartbroken. And but she was telling that ever since these two boys came and started to reside here, and I'm, I started to treat them as my own son because a spontaneous, Somebody is using the phone he's saying is somebody's phone ringing It's his phone ringing <laughs> So So Sandipan, so she became very heartbroken that no, 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 I can't let these boys go. So Krishna pleaded that look, uh, my mother is waiting for me also. I've given her the assurance. And then she started to describe how her son died and naturally how she was so heartbroken and she was, but ever since, she got Krishna, she completely forgot about, uh, about her lost son and because her affection for Krishna became so overwhelming that uh, even she forgot about her own son, lost son Then Krishna said, okay, then I won't leave it, leave unless I bring your son back so, so, Krishna and Balaram then went to the ocean and called the ocean. And, and Krishna was very upset. Why did you take my guru's son, bring him back immediately? Ocean personified said, look, it's not me who actually stole your son, that's your guru's son. It is a demon called Panchajanna who actually stole him. So where is Panchajanna? He is deep down in Patala Loka, below the ocean. So Krishna went there and challenged Panchajanna and killed him. But there also he couldn't find. Panchajanna assumed the form of a huge conch shell and couldn't find the child. So then uh, Krishna went to Jamaraja's abode and in the meantime Krishna made killing that demon Panchajanna, krishna made this Panchajanna as his conch shell as you have huh? as you have seen in bhagavad gita Rishi Rishikeshu devadatta dhananjaya that huh? krishna blew the conch shell called his conch shell called Panchajanna and arjun dhananjaya blew his conch shell called devadatta and so Krishna went with the con- to Jamaraja's abode and he blew his conch shell. And it has been described, the effect of the sound of that conch shell, that all the, the sinful creatures in, he- in hell, Jamraj's abode, uh, became free from their sinful reactions. <laughs> the sound of the conch shell was so auspicious that uh, all the sinners became free from sinful reactions jamaraj as you know he is one of the mahajans as a great devotee when he saw that krishna came he was so happy so he came fell at his feet offered obeisances greeted him and asked him of what he could do for him. So Krishna told that I came here to claim my Guru's son. So Jamraj saw Chitra called Chitra Gupta. Chitra Gupta is Jamraj's secretary, he keeps all the notes. <laughs> like, mind you, his business is so extensive. That he keeps the record every single actions of every single individual. Uh, now, a few years back, it may have been so, it may have sounded such an. It's, how is it possible? Uh, but now we are seeing some amazing things happening. Uh, like, for example, when you go to America, uh, did you? Or some even in Dubai and many countries, and they ask you to look at the uh, the camera, and they ask you to put your fingerprint. Uh. So this is how they're keeping the record of everybody who is coming to the country, uh. and those who are in the country, they have the record of everyone. How they're keeping it in a computer? so if just ordinary human beings can maintain a computer and keep the records of every citizen so why chitra gupta the secretary of Jamaraj, cannot keep the uh, the karmic reactions in record for every single living entity so that is what chitra Gupta's business is uh, <clears throat> so uh chitragupta was brought in and uh, they found that he has taken birth that boy has taken birth somewhere else already and he is already 12 years old so krishna said okay we have to bring him back <laughs> so that soul was brought back and he was given the same form in the form that he died he got drowned in the ocean and he was brought back to his parents. So this is how Krishna paid his Guru Dakshina to his Guru, like by bringing back the dead son. Then Krishna went back to Mathura and then Krishna sent Uddhav, Uddhav is a friend of Krishna, his relative actually Krishna's cousin, and Uddhav became very very fond of Krishna. He was very attached to Krishna, uh, and he was he became his constant companion. He was always with him. Before Krishna would wake up, he would uh, come to Krishna's palace. And He would stay with Krishna throughout the day and after Krishna would fall asleep, then only He would go home. Mm. He would eat only what is left over from Krishna's plate. He would dress with the dresses that Krishna has uh, discarded. Of course, Krishna would wear it just for one day. And, uh, so, this is how, how fond, how attached Akshara was and Akshara was extremely wise. He was, he was uh, the student of Brihaspati, the guru of the demigods. He studied under Brihaspati's tutelage. So He was extremely wise, and Krishna used to consult with him about everything. So Krishna knew how the gopis or or the residents of Vrindavan was feeling, uh, due to his separation. So Krishna told Uddhav, Uddhav, you go to Vrindavan, and see the residents of Vrindavan have become very much, very heartbroken. So please console them. So Uddhav went to Vrindavan and he arrived there in the evening. He met Krishna and Balaram and then Krishna Balaram took him to Nanda Maharaj and, uh, and he found I am sorry, not Krishna Balaram, he saw, what he saw is Krishna Balaram's footprints. In Vrindavan, when he arrived, and then he went to Nanda Maharaj's place, and he found that everyone is so, uh, so sad and so much in agony due to Krishna's separation. So Krishna Uddhava tried to console them, and. Nandu Maharaj told that, that He was, Krishna was everything to us. During the day, the whole day, the day we used to just think about Krishna. But those days we had a consolation that in the evening Krishna would come back from the pasture. But now we know that He ne- he is not going to come back, He left and went to Mathura and even at night when we sleep often we dream about Krishna and we feel such ecstasy seeing Him in our dreams but then we become submerged in an ocean of sorrow when the dream breaks, when you wake up so our wakeful state actually has become the most painful state of existence at night when we dream uh, the, in dream we fee, we find Krishna's association, we get Krishna's association. But when you wake up then you realize that he is not there anymore. Does Krishna think about us? Uh, and in this way Nanda Maharaj and Mother Jashoda spoke about Krishna. In the morning, the gopis woke up and they started their daily chores. They are churning butter and they were singing about Krishna's activities, Krishna's pastimes. And then when the sun, sun came out, they came out of their house. And there, in front of Nanda Maharaj's house, they saw this chariot. And they wondered, some thought, oh, did Krishna come back? And some commented, no, no, Krishna didn't come back. It's the Akrura who came uh, to uh, to perform Kamsa shraddha with our flesh. <laughs> so this is how they were. <laughs> lamenting, or being kind of, they were so upset with Akrura, because Akrura took Krishna away from them. And, but then they saw uddha uh, coming out after doing his morning uh, worship and rituals. From a distance he looked like Krishna. Some thought that, oh, Krishna did come back. Because Akrura's form uh, was very much like Krishna. He looked just like Krishna also. And he was also wearing the same dress as Krishna. And some others said, no, 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 this is not Krishna. This is Krishna's messenger. But all the gopis surrounded Akrura, uh, wanted to hear about Krishna. Then they took Akrura to a secluded place and surrounding Him they started to ask Him how Krishna was doing. And some of them asked, Does Krishna remember us at all? He stole our hearts and went away. He is so unkind, He is so cruel. Some others said that uh, We are just village girls. And now that Krishna is associating with these sophisticated city women, why should He even think about, think about us? And But Aakrara consoled them, like, No, 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 Krishna always thinks about you, Krishna is very concerned about you. That is why He actually sent me to you, to console you, to remind you that Krishna is in your heart. And whenever you think of him, he'll be there with you. Krishna is not, Krishna is not away from you. Apparently it may seem that Krishna has left Vrindavan and he went to Mathura, Uh, but never ever think that Krishna has left you. Krishna is there with you. In this way, Akhira was, uh, in this way, Uddhava was trying to console the gopis. So at that time, one gopi, saw one bumblebee and addressing the bumblebee she started to speak to the bumblebee that i know you're a messenger of krishna i don't trust you uh, he's a cheat and is as his messenger you also have come with all kinds of uh, with all kinds of false uh, consolations and informations. Like, please tell him huh, that if he is satisfied being there in Mathura, associating with the sophisticated city girls, let him be. We are, uh, But at the same time, I can't forget him. Although we want to forget him, but we can't forget him. Our whole consciousness is simply possessed by him. And in this way huh, she started to address the bee, which is, which. Have, this part of Srimad Bhagavatam is known as Brahmar Gita. It's another kind of Gita that, and the person who spoke is actually Shrimati Radharani of course. So Radharani was expressing, addressing this bumblebee and speaking in this way. <clears throat> so seeing these conditions of the gopis, Uddhava recognized the exalted position of these gopis. So he considered that these residents of Vrindavan are the greatest devotees. And of all these residents of Vrindavan, the gopis are the greatest devotees and uddhav who was considered to be the greatest devotee in dwarka or mathura he desired to be a blade of grass or a creeper in vrindavan he wrote his uh, when he was leaving he Expressed his desire, Asha Maho Charano Reno Jushma Maham Sham. Brindavane Kimaki Kima Pikul I wish to become a blade of grass or a creeper in Vrindavan. because uh, in that way I would. I desire to get the dust of the lotus feet of these gopis. Their love for Krishna was so intense that they have rejected everything, they have given up everything. Uh, Their attachment to their family members, uh, they have given up their reputation, because for a girl to be in love with someone other than her husband is very uh, disgraceful. But they didn't care about that. Uh, they left their husbands, they left their children, they left their elders. They uh, they have given up the Arjopathan. Uh, the conventional conventional path of uh, morality mm. for the sake of their love for Krishna. And that is the highest form of love. So this is how Krish- Ar- Uddhava, recognizing their love, Uddhava decided to become a blade of grass, or a creeper in Rinavada, so that he could get the dust from the lotus feet of these exalted devotees, the gopis. And so, and then Uddhav went and reported to Krishna about their condition. There somehow it has been described that in their uh, fireplace like cooking in the kitchen there were cobwebs in the stoves or chulas Mm. because that shows that for days together they did not use that to cook food there were cobwebs on that Then Krishna also sent Akrura to Hastinapur. Akrura went to Hastinapur and reported um, on behalf of Krishna to find out because Krishna already heard how Durjadhan and uh, his brothers are making all kinds of conspiracy to even to kill the Pandavas and so Krishna sent Akura to find out and at the same time give some advice to dhritarashtra the blind king, that he should not allow his, uh, his uh, sinful sons, he should not patronize the sinful activities of his sons. So, Akrura went and met with Vidura and Kunti, and Kunti told, uh-huh. uh, in a way, Akrura is Kunti's brother also, cousin. So, <clears throat> she asked about her other family members in Mathura, and wanted to find out how his, her brother Bosudeva was, and how her nephews Krishna and Balaram, were doing and then she started to tell Akrura about what the Pandavas, what the Kauravas had done to Durjodhan and his associates have done. That uh, when they were just little boy when they were just little boys Durjodhan was so envious and so treacherous that he tried to kill Bhima. Bhima also was very strong, very powerful and he used to beat them up. Uh, like, and they, when they were playing, you know, what to speak of, in the wrestling matches and things, you know, like they would beat them uh, uh, was like, bit the hell out of them. (laughs) And not only that, when they would be sporting in water, uh, Bhima would just drown them and hold them under water. When they would climb trees, Bhima would shake the trees and make them fall from the trees. And so they naturally became very, very envious of Bhima. And Durjadhan decided he planned to kill him, and the arrangement was made that they would go out on a picnic in the forest. And uh, hundred brothers, and also invited the five Pandavas, the cousins. So they all went to the to the forest on the bank of the Ganges, and uh, they were eating. As they First they played, then they swam in the river, then uh, when the appetite was really burning, uh, they partook to eating uh, delicious food stuff. And Durjanhan took Bhima away, telling that he brought some special food for him, special sweets for him. But those special sweets were, the sweets uh, mixed with kalkut, the most deadly poison uh, of cobra poison, king cobra's poison. And, and Bhima was fond of eating, mm, so he just ate and uh, fell asleep. So when Bhima was fast asleep, Durjadhan tied him up by hands and feet and threw him in the river. Bhima's body uh, floating in the river went to the Patala Loka, lower planetary systems. And there (coughs) Bhima's body fell on the snakes. Because in the lower region, the snakes reside. So the snakes started to bite him. Now, uh, the snake bite acted as the antidote to the poison that he was given. So they neutralized his uh, snake poison. And he came back to his senses. And he didn't like it at all that the snakes were biting him. So he started to Uh, kill the snakes. He just snapped open his uh, binding, the ropes and he started to kill the snakes. Some other snakes somehow uh, escaped and reported to the king Vasuki, their king. Mm. Vasuki was surprised that a human being has entered here and is killing the snakes like this and I, he heard that he was just a little boy, so Basuki, out of curiosity immediately came there and he recognized Bhima as the son of Pavandev and he treated him with great respect and took him to his palace and he offered him you know, nectar that the snakes have called Sudha, it's nectar. So Bhima uh, drank eight pots of those nectars. Now ordinary people just get one spoonful, (laughs) but Bhima drank eight pots of those nectars. And after drinking, he became tired and he slept for eight days. In the meantime, when everyone was about to return home then they found that Bhim is missing. So four brothers started to look for him everywhere, couldn't find. Then somebody said maybe Bhim actually went back early. So they came home and they found that Bhim didn't come back. So, Mother Kunti started to cry and the four brothers also started to cry, thinking that maybe Durjadhan, they could understand that Durjadhan is very envious and he may have done some, uh, may have caused some harm to him. And so this is how they were lamenting. And then after eight days, the snakes carried uh, Bhima, brought him to the shore of the Ganges, Jamuna and uh, Bhima went home. Everyone was, Pandavas were all very, very happy, but Duryodhana was shocked. And he realized that now Bhima will tell everybody what actually happened. Bhima did tell everybody what happened. Everybody means his brother, mother and brothers, but Yudhishthira Maharaj told him, don't disclose it to anybody because Durjodhan is already envious and we have to be very careful now and never ever go to them alone, we should always stay together. and uh, So this is how uh, they tried to kill Bhima when he was a little boy and later on they tried to burn them alive uh, in a house of shellac. So Kunti told everything to uh, Akrura, then Akrura went to um, Dhritarashtra and he told Dhritarashtra that in this world the way one acts accordingly he gets the result. And that is what causes a living entity to become entangled in the material nature in the karmic uh, cycle of birth and death. So when you try to get something uh, on your own, then make sure that you are going to become subjected to the reaction. Therefore the best way is to submit to the Lord's arrangement. Just act according to the way, just accept what the Lord has arranged for you. If He made you in a certain way, if you put in a certain situation, then accept that situation. Don't try to struggle to act against the Lord's arrangement and your own karmic reaction. Whatever is happening to you is a result of your past karma. And now if you try to do things, try to arrange things in a dubious way, in a surreptitious way, then the reaction is going to be very bad because someday Everyone is going to die. Hmm. Everyone is going to die, and after death, one is going to be judged. And there is a consideration of suffering in Naraka according to one's sinful activities. So, this is how huh, Akru actually advised Dhritarashtra and urged him to uh, act in a proper way, not be envious of his nephews. They are your own subject. They are your dear brother's children. So please, uh, take care of them. Treat them with greater affection than your own children, Uh, because they deserve it. And if they display some unusual qualities don't become envious of them. Like people are already uh, appreciating their character, characters, noble characters, that's why people are becoming fond of him. So just recognize the fact that they are becoming appreciated by everyone because of their good qualities. So by becoming envious of them, you are not going to get anything. And also recognize that as the father, you have a responsibility to uh, bring up your children properly. When your children act in a wrong way, then chastise them, correct them. If you don't, then you are actually allowing them to become even worse. So this is how uh, Akrura gives some beautiful advice to Dhritarashtra. Dhritarashtra in response told him that yes, Akrura whatever you told me, I perfectly understand that, but my affection for my son is so deep, that in spite of understanding all these, I can't act against his will. I can't uh, go against what he wants. This is my weakness that I cannot really overcome. So it's another wonderful, in one hand we can see that Akura is giving him such wonderful advice but Dhritarashtra, in spite of understanding that uh, is not able to accept that and act accordingly. Simply due to his uh, overwhelming affection for his son Duryodhana. So after that, uh, and dhritarashtra said like, I know that acting in this way I am acquiring all kinds of sinful reactions and I know I and my sons will suffer for that but still in spite of understanding all that i cannot help myself anyway so this is how akrura went to hastinapur met with the uh, pandavas kunti devi and vidura and also how he met with dhritarashtra and uh, how dhritarashtra in spite of being advised by him Dhritarashtra couldn't accept his wise advice. Now, there was a king called Raivata. And King Raivata had a beautiful daughter. Mind you, that was in Hmm. Sattva Yuga of Vaivashrata no I am sorry, uh, the, at the beginning of uh, Vaivashrata hmm. Like this is the, the re, reign of Vaivashrata and he will reign for 71 Chatur Yugas. At the first Sattva Yuga of Vaivashrata Revati was the king. uh, Raivata was the king of a place called Anartha and his daughter Revati was extremely beautiful and endowed with all divine qualities. So he was wondering where he will find an appropriate husband for her. searching over all over the universe he couldn't find anyone suitable to her. So he went to Brahma and asked Brahma who would be the suitable husband. So Brahma told that Balaram will come and he is the, he is actually the suited uh, match for her, suitable match for her. So he asked when he will come. He will come during the Dapar Yuga of the twenty seventh, twenty-eighth uh, Chatur Yuga of Vaivashatmanantar. So Raivata said, He'll come and Dvapar Yuga of 27th, we are in the first Manvantar of, uh, first uh, Chatur Yuga of Vaivashwata Manvantar. What's, how you're going to, yeah, sort of how you'll live for that long and Brahma said, don't worry, you and your daughter will live. So, you, know, you go and uh, you'll be there, there won't be any problem. So he said that, look, huh, the demons are always very, very troublesome. They come and create disturbance and you know, like time and time again, we are again being harassed. So huh, how can we last for that long in spite of their onslaughts? So Brahma said, you go underwater, under the ocean and create a city there and you reside there peacefully, away from all danger. So King Reva, Raivata then created a city underwater called Kushasthali. And he then when the time came for 28th uh, Chatur Yuga, Dwapar Yuga. Then he approached Balaram, knowing that he has come. So he told the whole thing to Balaram, the whole happening, starting from his search for a suitable husband and Brahma's prediction and so forth. So Balaram agreed, but since Revati was from another Yuga, She was very tall. (laughs) And so when Balaram saw that, so everybody started to wonder like, how will this person will get married (laughs) to someone so huge? So Balaram said, don't worry. (laughs) So he took his plough, put it on her head and (laughs) pulled it down, so her her shape, her size became shorter, according to Balaram's size or according to that Juga's uh, living, human being size. And she turned into, you know, like extremely beautiful girl as she was, uh, of 16 years old. So this is how Balaram got married to Revati and the city Kushasthali was given as a dowry and Kushasthali and Dwarka became one city. Uh, So Dwarka's uh, area was uh, uh, 12 Jojana. 12 Jojana means 12 multiplied by 8. So that means 96. Uh, 90, uh, 90. Yeah, 96 miles circumference radius. No, su- uh, yeah, radius. So that Kushastali also was uh, the same size, 12 Jojanas. And uh, they were. Residing there. So they joined Kushastali and Dwarka became one. So <clears throat> now uh, we go back to another aspect Krishna's uh, uh, encounter with Jarasandha. Jara, Kamsa, when Kamsa died, his two wives Asti and Prapti became widow. So they uh, crying they went to their father Jarasandha and reported that how this Krishna has killed Kamsa. So Jarasandha decided to take revenge and he decided to attack Dwarka. No, I'm sorry. Attack Mathura. Dwarka hasn't been built as yet. So, attack Mathura. And Kamsa gathered twenty-three akshohini soldiers. Twenty-three akshohini, mind you, uh, Kurukshetra battle was fought uh, with seven Akshavini from Pandava side and eleven Akshavini from Kaurava side. So eight total, there were eighteen Akshavini soldiers. But Jarasandha came with twenty-three Akshavini soldiers to attack Mathura. And everybody became very worried what, what to do like. Then, uh, and he surround. they surrounded the city, city gates. uh, So, Krishna decided uh, to, they had a small army and with that army Krishna went and confronted with this uh, huge uh, army of Jarasandha. (coughs) So, and Jarasandha was so confident that he is going to win because he came with such a huge army. But uh, Krishna and Balaram confronted and wiped out Jarasandha's 23 Akshogini soldiers. And then Jarasandha was just left without his chariot, without anyone, everyone is dead. Uh, and Balaram tied him up. and. He was about to kill him, but Krishna said don't kill him. Why? Because actually Jarasandha was Krishna's recruiting agent. Uh, Krishna came to Vinashaya Duskritam. So Jarasandha was bringing all these Duskritams to Krishna and Krishna was wiping them out. So that's why Krishna told Balaram uh, not to kill him but let him go. So in this way, Jarasandha attacked Mathura 17 times with 23 Akshavini soldiers. And all these 17 times Krishna wiped out all his soldiers and let him go. so finally, Jarasandha decided to make a truce, make a, a pact with another very powerful demon. His name was Kala and Kala actually was the son of Gargamuni. There's a There is a history also behind that. Gargamuni was married to one of the princesses of the Jadu family. He was their Kula Guru, he was their family priest. He was the Guru, but he was also married. But being a Brahmana, being absorbed in spiritual thoughts, he was not so interested in family life. So he was neglecting his wife and his, wife's, his wife went and reported to the brothers that look, this is how he's treating me, doesn't care for me, doesn't even consider that I exist. <laughs> so then the Jadavas called Gargamuni <laughs> and insulted him very much. <laughs> so being insulted in that way, uh, Gargamuni mm, decided to take revenge and so he took shelter of a Javana king called Juvanasya. And Juvanasya was also became very attracted to Gargamuni because of his spiritual qualities. But at the same time uh, he thought, he knew that he became inimical to the Jadavas and so he wanted to have a son uh, which gargamuni actually wanted—that a son who would uh, take revenge on his behalf against the Jadus. He got the blessing from Lord Shiva that he would that he would get a son. So, Jyvanshah sent many beautiful women to gargamuni but he was not, he was not affected, he was unperturbed. And then finally Juvanasya told his own wife, her name was Menaka, that uh, you go and uh, seduce him. Don't tell him that you are my wife. So this is how Menaka went to Gargamuni and she bore a child and uh, that child was called uh, Kala Javana. He was a Javana. Uh, Javana means those who do not believe or those who are opposed to the Supreme Personality of Garnet, those who don't believe in the Supreme Personality of Garnet. So Kali Javana was an extremely powerful warrior. So he had 30 million soldiers. So Jarasandha thought that he would, uh, actually he was advised by Shalva, another demon king, that why not make uh, a truce, a pact with uh, Kala and attack together. So Kalajavana was uh, approached. Shalva himself went with a proposal that Jarasandha is offering him the position of his general of his army to fight against the, these two brothers, Krishna and Balaram. But when Kalajavana was told that Krishna and Balaram were two mere boys, Kalajavana was not interested. He said, I am not going to fight against two boys. I am going to fight against somebody who is equal to me in strength. So, Shalva tried to explain to him uh, that actually Kamsa (coughs) is, sorry, uh, Jarasandha uh, uh, is is trying his best, but he didn't succeed. And these two boys are not mere children. These two boys are actually extremely powerful individuals. Mm. And he started to tell all that these two boys have done. And Kaljavan's response was, "That is Kansa's problem. That's not my problem." <laughs> and that. Uh, person, if he is useless, that doesn't mean that I have to side with him. So in this way Kaljavan at first actually refused to side with Jarasandha. But the demigods, as I told earlier, they are always concerned about how Krishna will fulfill the mission of killing all these demons. So the demigods approached Narad Muni said, look, Kaljavan refused to fight against Krishna. but He needs to be dealt with. So then Narad Muni went to Kaljavan and Kaljavan received him very gracefully and he asked Narad Muni, can you please tell me like who is equal to me and fight? Because I can't, you know, my hands are itching to fight. <laughs> but I can't find anybody who would be uh, equal to my strength. Then Narada Muni said, the only person who can match you is this Krishna and Balarama. So Kaljavan said, yes, I heard about them. Recently Jarasandha sent his men saying that we have to fight, but uh, he was asking a joint venture and I am not interested in that kind of (laughs) political maneuvering. So that is why I refused. Uh, And after all these two boys, why should I fight with two mere boys? So then Muni started to describe about Krishna's power, Krishna's activities, Krishna's strength. Then Kali Javan became excited. Then he said, okay, then I will come. I will fight with him. So Kali Javan then attacked Mathura. And Jarasandha also thought that now that Kali Javan is attacking on his own, let me also take advantage of this. And let me attack Mathura from the other side. So when Krishna and Balaram Krishna got to know about that, then Krishna went and sat down with Balaram and started to ask him, so tell me what to do. Now these two enemies are coming from two sides, so how should we face them? And the residents of Dwarka, the residents of Mathura will be very much distressed so what can we do? So Balaram actually suggested to make a safe place, take the residents of Mathura to a safe place. So Krishna thought that's not a bad idea. So he immediately called the ocean personified and said look in the middle of the ocean you have to give me some space Oceans, it's sure. And in no time, he created this island in the middle of the ocean. And then Krishna called Vishakarma and said, Build a city with all its grandeur. So Vishakarma came and overnight built a city and when they were fast asleep, Krishna called Yogamaya and said transport them all to uh, that new place. So when they all were fast asleep, they were transported to uh, Dwarka. So when Kalijavana came to attack, it was just Krishna and Balaram and a handful of soldiers. Uh, Mathura was completely empty. They all were transported. To Dwarka. So Kalajavana uh, challenged Krishna. From Narad Muni's description, he could recognize who is Krishna and who is Balaram. Narad Muni told that this Krishna, his complexion is like a, a brilliant sapphire Ujjala Nilamani. Nilamani means sapphire. And Balaram's complexion is milk white. Krishna wears yellow uh, silk dress. And Balaram wears blue, and in this way, and both of them are extremely handsome. Uh, so, uh, so then Krishna and Balaram came out of the city gate. <clears throat> Krishna didn't take any weapon with him, just came out and s- started to walk towards Kala Javana. Kale Javana was wa- waiting, he was thinking that maybe he came to surrender. Uh, he's afraid seeing his huge contingency. So Kala Javana was just waiting, but Krishna came but instead of stopping in front of him, Krishna kept walking past him. So Kalajavana then thought, oh, so you are running away from me. <laughs> so he, because Krishna was unarmed, he also dropped his weapons. And he started to run after him. but although Krishna was just walking <laughs> and he was running to, the f- to full speed and it was almost he was catching Krishna <laughs> but he was not able to catch him <laughs> and he just kept on running and running and running and Krishna just was just beyond his just a few inches ahead of him and <clears throat> in this way Krishna came to a cave, mountain cave. And He entered into that mountain cave. So Javana thought Krishna is afraid and He is hiding. So He also ran and entered into the cave. Inside the cave it was dark, so He could see. But in this semi-darkness He saw that someone is lying down. So he thought that this must be Krishna, so he just kicked him, and the person uh, woke up from his sleep, and just as he looked at him, Kala was burnt to ashes. So who was that person? This person was Muchukunda. Uh, he also came in the he came in the Ikshaku dynasty, Sun dynasty. Huh? Like uh, Manur Ikshakuve abravit Krishna mentioned. Imaṁ vivaśyate jogam ahaṁ abhayam vivashvan manove praho Manur Ikshakuve abravit. So in this Ikshaku dynasty, Mandhata was one very illustrious king. And his son was Muchukunda. So Muchukunda was so powerful that when the demons were harassed, when the demigods were harassed by the demons, they requested Muchukunda to fight on their behalf. So Muchukunda went to the heavenly planet and fought against the demons on behalf of the demigods. And he fought for a long long time and then Lord Shiva's son was born, Kartikeya, who became their general. And so the demigods went and thanked him for his wonderful service for such a long time and said, now you can retire, we got our general, Kartikeya came as a general, so now you can retire. So before Muchukanda left, the demigods told him that you can ask Uh, You served us so nicely, so you can ask for some boon from us. So Muchukunda said, I am so tired (laughs) after fighting for so long that all I want now is to sleep, (laughs) and all I want is to sleep now. So the demigod said, okay, uh, you can sleep, I can have an uninterrupted sleep, at such and such place, and if anyone wakes you up, and as you look at him, he will be, anyone who wakes you up untimely from your sleep, as you look at him, he will be burnt to ashes. So Krishna knew that, and that's why uh, he brought Kalajavana into the cave, to be burnt by Muchukunda's another thing is Krish- this college was not uh, uh, to be the, to be killed by the jadus uh, that is one uh, benediction or one condition that gargamuni took from the jadus that <clears throat> because he knew that this son will be demoniac and so he the jadus agreed not to kill him so krishna was Uh, Bound with his oath of, uh, I mean, uh, promise of not killing him. So, this is how uh, Kali Javana was killed. Then Krishna came and wiped out all his three million soldiers. But then Jarasandha came with his twenty-three Akshogini soldiers and so Krishna told Balaram that this time the soldiers that Jarasandha brought, they are not meant to be killed now. Their time has not come. So we won't fight with Jarasandha this time. This set of his soldiers uh, we will take care afterwards, not now. So what is the plan? We also uh, run away from the battlefield. Uh, So when Jarasandha came to attack Krishna and Balaram to Mathura, Jarasandha saw that Krishna and Balaram are running. Uh, They are running. as Ranchorji. Because he left the battlefield, he is known as Ranchor. Ran means battle, Chor means ran away, a left, one who left the battlefield. So Krishna came to running, came to a mountain, Probarshan mountain. Very high mountain and Jarasandha with his men was looking for him, but couldn't find him. So Jarasandha said, okay, so we will uh, set the mountain in fire. So they collected all kinds of inflammable objects, logs and coal and all, and they set the mountain in fire. And Jarasandha thought that now uh, Krishna and Balaram will die being burnt in the fire. They don't have any way to escape. But Krishna and Balaram jumped from that mountain, went down, went to the ocean, and swam to Dwarka. So that is how Krishna and Balaram arrived in Dwarka and Mathura was left and the city was transported or transplanted in, the capital was transplanted in Dwarka uh, where there was a natural uh, protection from the ocean. So that Jarasandha could not kill him. Jarasandha could not attack them anymore. But Jarasandha was very proud uh, that Uh, All these 17 times I didn't win, but uh, on the 18th time I succeeded. Uh, So one one should never give up. One should keep on endeavoring. (laughs) Shalva and Shishupal and all others were there. So Shishupal started to boast. Because I was there, that's why I Krishna and Balaram ran away. So he took the credit for himself. Uh, And he was, he took the credit uh, saying that uh, it is because of me that he ran away. And uh, so uh, this is how uh, Krishna and Balaram left and Shishupal took the credit for winning as if Krishna and Balaram ran away out of their fear. And Jarasandha took the credit also that finally my patience and perseverance paid. So it's about 12 30. Should, should we take questions or should we continue? What's the? Let's see, is there any question? If no question then I will continue, okay. There was a place called Kingdom, called Chedi. And the king of that kingdom was a very noble personality. His name was Bhishmaka, And Bhishmaka had five sons. And one daughter, and his daughter was extremely beautiful. So when Narad Muni came to him, he asked Narad Muni that my daughter is of marriageable age, so can you please tell me who is a suitable match for her? So Narad Muni uh, told that this Krishna of Jodu dynasty is the suitable match. And he started to describe the qualities of Krishna. And just by hearing the qualities of Krishna, Bhishma decided, yes, I want my daughter to be married to Krishna. And his daughter Rukmini, just by hearing about Krishna's valor, Krishna's beauty, Krishna's opulent, and Krishna's noble nature, she immediately fell in love with Krishna. And she felt that uh, if at all I have to get married then this is the person that I am going to marry to. So Bhishma made arrangements for Rukmini to get married to Krishna. but. <clears throat> His eldest son Rukmi was demoniac by nature and he was against Krishna and he went to his father and said, what, you want Rukmini to get married to Krishna? Some say, He is not even a Kshatriya. <laughs> Some say that he is the son of uh, Nan Vasudeva and Devaki. He is from the Jadu dynasty. Maybe he is born in a Kshatriya family but look his upbringing. Uh, he was brought up in, in the cowherd community uh, uh, tending cows from morning till night and I heard so many things that he had been having affairs with all the girls there. <laughs> so how, how do you even think of uh, your daughter getting married to such a character so we should actually uh, get him married to shishupal and look at shishupal uh, he started to speak about shishupal's whole genealogical table <laughs> and <clears throat> so and bhishma didn't want to go against his son because he was afraid that his son also he was so demoniac that his son also could act like Kamsa, who actually imprisoned his father. So he was worried that if he went against uh, Rukmi, Rukmi, then Rukmi also may act like that and put him in prison and so forth. So he accepted it, Uh, although at heart he wanted Rukmini to get married to Krishna. And Rukmi did not want to take any chance. He said in two days time, she is getting married. So the message was sent to Shishupal and his father, Dhamaghosh. Uh, <clears throat> I am sorry, I mentioned that Chedi. No, Chedi is actually the kingdom of uh, Shishupal. Uh, Bhishmak's kingdom was Bidarbha. Uh, Bidarbha and the capital was Kundin Nagari, Kundin Nagari. So he uh, uh, sent message to his father and Shishupal that please come and take my sister as your wife, get married to her, we decided to marry her to you. And when Rukmini got to know that, she was completely devastated and she decided that I am not going to marry anyone but Krishna. So she wrote a letter and sent a Brahmana to Krishna in Dwarka. So the Brahmana came to Dwarka, he was stuck with wonder seeing the opulence of that place and went to Krishna and he conveyed the message of Rukmini. Rukmini mentioned that although I haven't met you but just by hearing about your qualities I have fallen in love with you and I decided to accept you as my husband so please come and claim me. You may wonder how to claim me when I will be inside the house and surrounded by uh, my relatives and others, how you are going to claim me. But on the day of the wedding, two days from today, in the morning, I will go to the temple of uh, Durga Devi. Girija temple. And after worshipping her, when I would be uh, returning home, at that time you can come and uh, take me away. Just as a lion takes its prey from the middle of a bunch of jackals. So, <clears throat> So in this way, and and then finally she wrote that if you do not come for some reason, thinking that I am not qualified to be your wife, then I'll give up this life and wait for some other life to get you as your as get you as my husband. <laughs> so upon receiving that letter, Krishna immediately called his chariot driver Dāruka and said start, get the get the chariot ready and immediately krishna started so he arrived in kundin nagar and there the arrangements were being made uh, for the wedding in the meantime shishupal's other friends uh, like jarasandha shala and all others also came with their full contingents, like entire army they came, because they were worried that they got to know that Bhishma was originally planning to ma- get Rukmini married to Krishna. So Krishna may come and so they didn't want to take any chance. So they became pre- well prepared just in case there is any mishap. So Krishna came, Bhishma greeted him and uh, treated him as an honored guest. And in the morning, the same thing was happening. Ruk- yeah, in the meantime, Rukmini was waiting and he was thinking that what happened to that Brahmana. Then finally, the Brahmana came and seeing his effulgent face, uh, she could make out that he is coming with some good news. So, uh, and <coughs> this, uh, the Brahmana gave the news that uh, Krishna came and he also came with Krishna. He's just uh, been received by King Bhishmaka and uh, so he is here. And Rukmini felt that this Brahman had done so much for me, how can I ever uh, reward him? What can I, what can be a suitable gift to give besides my humble obeisances? So Rukmini just offered humble obeisances and uh, and the Brahman was a little disappointed. She thought, he thought that oh I did uh, This wonderful job for the prince, princess. So she must be rewarding me with such such grand way. But now she didn't offer anything, she just offered obeisances. (laughs) So quite disappointed, the Brahmana uh, went back to his house. But when he went to the house, he found that his house is not there anymore. Instead of that house, there's a big palace and he thought that maybe in my absence somebody came and destroyed my house and in my property <laughs> built this palace but then he saw his wife brahmani is coming out and uh, ushered him into the house saying that you know by the lord's arrangement this house just appeared overnight so this is how huh, the brahmana got rewarded Anyway Krishna came and uh, He was just standing there where all the others were uh, kind of just watching the ceremony. All the kings with their soldiers, they were stationed there and and then Rukmini came out of the temple after worshipping Girija Devi. And when she was walking, seeing her beauty, all those uh, antagonistic kings fainted. And then Krishna came and picked up Rukmini and his chariot. As Krishna started to drive his chariot, they all came back to their senses and they started to shout. That he's stealing her, he's stealing her. Go and attack, come and attack. And so they had tried to attack Krishna from all sides. But then Balaram also was when Balaram got to know that Krishna left Dwarka alone and he knew that there may be some confrontation uh, in so he also came with his army and balarams army faced those enemy kings and wiped them out uh, in no time where not a single soldier from his side left his body he did there was no loss from his side whereas the enemy side was completely wiped out so shishupal was completely heartbroken <laughs> the poor guy came to get married And and now his wife got stolen, (laughs) so he was sitting there with a morose face. So Jarashanda came and told him, Shishupal, don't worry, ultimately everything happens by the arrangements of providence. (laughs) So it was not meant to be, so it didn't happen. and, but don't give up your uh, hope. You see, 17 times I had been defeated. <laughs> but then on the 18th time, I won. So for those 17 times, Providence was against me, but then Providence favored me on the 18th time. So your time also had come. <laughs> So this is how Jarashanda consoled Shishupal, and Shishupal with a broken heart and a sour face went back to his kingdom. Now when Rukmi heard what happened, Rukmi just became furious. Uh, he said that “ I am not going to come back to this city unless I come back, unless I kill that Krishna and bring my sister back. So he got his army ready and went and surrounded Krishna. So again, who can face Krishna? So terrible battle actually took place. Rukmi started to shoot arrows at Krishna and Krishna cut those arrows and then Rukmi uh, was challenging him, so he hurled uh, the, the, his uh, mess, his club towards Krishna. And uh, Krishna's uh, Krishna hurled his club, with his club he smashed it. And then he hurled his club and broke Rukmi's chariot. Then Rukmi jumped out of the chariot and attacked Krishna with a sword. So Krishna cut his sword and then grabbed him by his head, by his hair and pulled him onto his chariot and tied him up onto the on the pole of the chariot. And he was saying, uh, I am going to kill you. So Rukmini seeing that her brother in that condition fell at Krishna's feet and said, please, please, don't kill my brother. So Krishna said, okay, I won't kill him, but <clears throat> Krishna shaved his head, which is as good as killing a purse, killing a warrior, killing a kshatriya. So it was, the kshatriyas were by nature so proud and so arrogant that this kind of disgrace is. To them is like as good as death. So then, <clears throat> Balaram came there, and Balaram chastised Krishna. Krishna, he's your brother-in-law. He's your relative. You can't afford to treat him like that. And if you do that, your wife will be so heartbroken that she'll never be able to forgive you. <laughs> and in this way, Balaram advised and said, "Let him go." Uh, so, on B- on Balaram's advice, uh, Krishna allowed him to go, let him go. Rukmi did not go, go back to Gram again, because of his promise that he would not come back to the city. But he created a city there called Bhujukot and he started to stay there. So, in this way Krishna got married to Rukmini. Rukmini was brought to Dwarka and with great pomp, Krishna's first queen uh, came to Dwarka and got married to Krishna. Okay, you can, just we can tell another anecdote maybe. That is the next person that Krishna got married to, the next queen was Jambavati. There was a king called Satrajit, Satrajit, he was uh, a worshipper, he was a great devotee of Lord, great devotee of Surjadev. So being pleased with him, Surjadev gave him a, a, a jewel called Samantaka, Syamantaka and this samantaka jewel was so bright that its effulgence went to a far uh, to a far extent, to a great extent and this samantaka jewel uh, so wearing the samantaka jewel one day uh, Satrajit came to uh, Dwarka so when he came everyone thought seeing that effulgence, they thought Surjadev has come. So uh, some jadus reported to Krishna that Dev has come. So Krishna says, Surjadev is supposed to stay in his orbit and move around. <laughs> so how can he come here? He Say no, no, no. Uh, he must have come to see you knowing that you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So then Krishna said, no it is not surjadev it is Satrajit who actually came wearing this Samantaka jewel. So then he came to the assembly and they had a talk. And then when he left, the some of the jodus expressed the desire that this Samantaka jewel should come to King Ugrasen. Krishna said, no, Satrajit is so attached to this that he is not going to give it it away. So there is no need to ask. And he advised also that when you ask something from somebody and if he doesn't give, then he incurs sinful reactions. And those who ask also, out of greed, he also uh, uh, gets in, uh, sinful reactions. So they reasoned, "No, we are not asking out of greed. We are asking on behalf of the king, so, because the king should get best of the things. Uh, so there is no such jewel like this. So Ugrasen, the king, should have it." So <clears throat> another time when Satrajit came, Krishna indicated that he may consider giving this jewel to the king. But Satrajit did not notice it as if he did not hear it. He totally ignored it. So so then uh, one day Satrajit's brother Prashen went hunting wearing that Samantaka jewel. And while he was in the forest hunting one lion killed him and took away the jewel. Then <clears throat> Jambavan, the king of the bears, uh, killed the king, killed the lion and took that gem and gave it to his son. So Prussian went to the forest hunting and didn't come back. So Satrajit thought that uh, maybe Krishna killed him in order to get the jewel. So he started to blaspheme Krishna saying that he killed his brother. So when Krishna heard that, then he decided to, to free himself from this blasphemy, from this ill reputation. So Krishna went to the forest and after a long search he found the dead body of Prasen. Couldn't make out why, how he was killed. And then after a little while they found the body of a dead lion. So then they could understand that this lion must have killed Prasen. And then he found some footsteps that led to a tunnel. So he came to the face of the tunnel and seeing that the footsteps actually entered into a tunnel, Krishna decided to go into the tunnel. And He told his other associates to wait on the mouth of the tunnel until he came back and so at the, uh, at the end that tunnel led uh, to the lower planetary system and there he found Jambavan son playing with the thing, Jewel. So seeing Krishna, Jambavan's son started to cry and his uh, maid servant also was, came running and seeing, started to cry, started to shout look uh, who has intruded into our territory. Then Jambavan came running and asked, who are you? Krishna gave his identity, I am from the Jodhu dynasty and somebody is uh, claiming that I stole this jewel, Samantaka jewel and in order to absolve myself from this ill reputation, I decided to rescue this jewel and give it back to the person, whose name is Satrajit. And searching for that, I came here, and now I can see that your son has it, so please give it to me. Then. Jambavan replied, No, you run, go away from here, you are an intruder, there is no way I am going to give it to you. So then, both of them started to fight. And no one could defeat the other. And this fight went on for 27 days. Now waiting for 12 days, when Krishna didn't come back, Those uh, associates of Krishna who were guarding the gate, guarding the mouth of the tunnel, they went back and reported that Krishna has been killed. (laughs) He went inside and didn't come back for 12 days, so obviously. So the battle went on for 27 days. Jambavan couldn't defeat Krishna, Krishna also did not defeat Jambavan. The fight went on for 27 days. So on 27th day, Jambavan, he used to take a break and worship Lord Ramchandra, his worshipable Lord. So he went to the river Bhogavati, (coughs) that is Ganga in the Patala Loka, and there was no flower, so he picked up some moss, and he offered the moss to Lord Ramchandra as his offering. And then when he came back to fight back again, uh, he found that the moss that he offered to Lord Ramchandra is at the feet of this stranger who, who he was fighting with. And that's how he realized that this must be his lord himself. And he was already wondering like who is so powerful that he could continue to fight with him for so many days and not be affected. So then he asked, please tell me who are you? I suspect that you are my lord and master, Lord Ramchandra. Krishna said, yes, I am very happy with you that you gave me such a good fight. (laughs) So Jambavan was extremely embarrassed. He said, My Lord, I committed such an offence to you. I don't know how can I free myself from that offence. The only thing I can think of offering to you is my daughter, Jambavati. And as the dowry, I'll give you the gem, Samantaka jewel So then Krishna went back, To Dwarka with Jambavati and Samantaka Jewel. He called Shatrajit uh, and told him and that you know I heard what you have been telling everybody. Now here's the Samantaka Jewel. And this is what happened. So he narrated the whole incident that your brother Prasen got actually killed by a lion. I didn't kill him. Then that lion got killed uh, by Jambavan and he took that jewel. So I uh, got it back for you. So he wanted to offer it back to Satvabhati, to his three principal queens, Rukmini, Satvabhama and Jambavati. Thank you all very much, all glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. See you all again at 4 o'clock. Oh, it seems that there are some questions, yeah. (coughs) Generally there is a lot of questions, but it seems that you are not interested in asking questions. Or you find these narrations are fascinating. what happened some questions from uh, the internet oh, there are some questions there also Ramananda Rai uh, from Septon Derby, Belgium please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to Guru question it is said that when Muchukunda came out of the cave, he saw that the people have become very small. Does it mean that the Kali Yuga already started when Krishna was still on the planet? No because uh, Kali Yuga didn't start, Kali Yuga starts actually when Krishna leaves this planet. So it was still Dwapar Yuga. But compared to Muchukunda's time, Satya Yuga, Dwapar Yuga features were quite short. so that's how he saw it. Question two, in relation to karma, when we preach to conditioned souls, we still are under the spell of karma. How do we balance that? Or should we first become pure devotees, and then only preach? No, Prabhupada made it very clear that you preach to the extent you have learned. Uh, If you simply learn that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, just go out and tell everybody that Krishna is God. There is no need to uh, think that. And I don't know what makes you conclude, makes you to conclude, in relation to karma, when we preach to conditioned souls, we are still under the spell of karma. Uh, Not necessarily. Uh, When you are spreading Krishna consciousness, that act doesn't generate any karma, that is a pure spiritual activity. Thank you Ramananda. So next question from Arthi, who is Arthi, okay, Hare uh, Krishna Guru Maharaj, AGTSP, AGTM, TGM. Will the earth be demolished after the Kali Juga? Or will the cycle of Yuga reappear on Earth? If yes, will Krishna reappear on this planet? Will all the incarnations of Krishna be repeated? Your servant, Arthi. You see, when a Yuga ends, there is some sort of annihilation like some annihilations are partial annihilation. Generally it's a partial annihilation. But total annihilation takes place uh, when Brahma dies. Then then it's total annihilation. But after the Yuga there is partial annihilation and then after partial annihilation Satya Yuga will start again. After Kali Yuga will end and Kalki Avatar will kill all the miscreants and those who are devotees they'll be with them Satyura will begin does it answer your question? so so next question is from Kirti Kumari (laughs) Uh, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj please accept my humble obeisances unto the dust of your Lord's feet. All glories to the Savior of the works, Savior of the worlds Srila Prabhupada. I was just wondering Krishna is the, uh, Krishna in His localized feature Paramatma is present within the heart and witnesses all the actions, desires etc. of all the living entities how does Chitra Gupta get all this information if he is not present within our heart to witness our every action? Good question. And the answer is yes. Chitragupta actually is functioning from within. Mm. And without as well. He is watching the activities and this is how he is recording. I mean, you know, the, how they do that is not uh, possible for us to make out. Uh, Can a layman, uh, just a village guy make out how the US government is keeping all the information in the computer? Uh, Similarly, how they function is not really within our understanding. Well, I thought uh, there won't be any question. The questions have started to come in. <clears throat> this is from Deepesh Baghel from Bangalore. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Dandavat Pranam. Question from yesterday's class Isn't living amongst our material kinsmen and being unattached to them much more difficult than living away from them? Say, in brahmachari ashram. Yeah, that's true. Uh, The point is uh, that his question is that yesterday I mentioned that uh, the family, uh, the householders, the family members should live together in pure Krishna conscious environment recognizing that um, that they belong to Krishna and whatever they possess also belong to Krishna so he's in in relation to that he's asking uh, that isn't living amongst your king, kinsmen and being unattached uh, is much more difficult than living away from them in brahmachali ashram yeah because in a way out of sight out of mind <laughs> <laughs> When you are in Brahmacharya Ashram, you don't see them and you don't think about them so much. But when you are uh, with them, then naturally uh, you feel entangled. And you also become aware of your responsibilities towards them. Anyway, in whichever condition you are in, be Krishna conscious. Now the question is from Ramananda Rai again from Belgium. Jambavati was the daughter of a bear. Should we understand that she changed her form to a human princess when she married Krishna? Now, Jambavati was actually uh, a human child that Jambaban brought up. Uh, she was, uh, it has been described in Brihad Bhagavatam. Brihad Bhagavatam written, no, I'm sorry. In Lalita Madhav by Rupa Goswami, that, uh, that Jambavati is actually Lalita Devi. Lalita Devi appeared as Jambavati, Radharani appeared as Satubhama, and uh, Chandravali appeared as Rukmini. Question. Uh, okay, oh it is from Bhavisha, Devi Dasi from Pretoria, okay, this question from Bhavisha. If Jamraj is a Mahajan, why does he not preach to the uh, residents of the hellish planets? <laughs> Jamraj doesn't preach to the residents of the hellish planet because of the (laughs) ninth (laughs) offense. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. (laughs)